0: Welcome to The Spill Podcast. We know you're obsessed with creating your own success in your own way, and you know you've got more. More to earn, more to experience, more to create, and more to give. And you're right. You just need to know some of the pieces and the moves to make. The conversations are real, honest, funny, and hopefully valuable. Away from the filters, the reels, and having to have the perfect script. We believe in opening the door for the next woman, helping guide you with conversations and exceptional guest speakers, spilling truths, tools, and guidance to help you expand your own expression of success. And knowing that when you do, that's when the good stuff the world needs more of happens. Laughs and explicit language are almost always guaranteed. Let's Spill.
1: Hello, ladies. Welcome to another episode of The Spill. So, I'm just going to be honest. We actually re recorded this one because we just did another intro and I fully ballsed it up. You <laughs> <laughs> just want us to continue recording on the balls up moments. Well, so because, you can hear the real brilliance. Well, yeah, because that's just life. Yeah. That's just, more well, it's our life. Anyway, so ladies, <laughs> we have a special guest for you today. And personally, I know I am, and I know you are too, Beck. So excited to get into this topic. It's a topic that, um, is just so important, so important for us as women, really, just all humans, Um, and we have the amazing Liz Hudson who's going to dive into it. So I'm going to keep it a secret for now. Well, no, I'm not because the podcast has Oh, you're a (laughs) practice. I am on fire. So we know we're talking about health because you listened to the podcast name. We well, read it and you read the takeaways. So let us share with you who is going to take us through this. Liz Hudson, welcome. Thank you for being with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Oh. She's
1: having so much fun already. She can tell this <laughs> to
2: Oh, my gosh. So ladies,
1: ladies, Is the creator of health blog, The Vitality Folk? So go check that out. And also the co-founder of the Activewear range, Bear Thrills. And we had her amazing fiancé on a couple of weeks ago, Emily. Uh, And Liz works full-time in government while studying a Bachelor of Health Science with a focus on nutrition and herbal medicine. Liz is passionate about using her studies and own experiences to help women boost their overall vitality by transforming their gut, sleep, and hormone health, and was recently featured in BEAM Magazine, talking all things burnout and fatigue. Liz is currently living in Wellington, New Zealand, where it's 10 degrees right now, just to say, for work <laughs> where the views make up for the relentless wind. She lives with her amazing fiance, their her Australian Kelpie Merlot, and cat, Molly.
0: Can we just also, clarify we're not talking about we're talking about the wind in the weather the relentless wind in the weather yeah, not not gut, not
1: wind, yes. Not
2: yes not yes. not <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good segue <laughs> I
1: love that, that so welcome and thanks for oh. jumping on with us now the first thing that we do for the ladies is we do a bit of rapid fire quick questions, quick mm-hmm. answers, just so we can all get to know you a little bit better. So, Beck, I'm going to hand it over to you to get started. Perfect. Liz,
0: what is the best compliment you've ever gotten? Oh,
2: um, oh, I dance like an African-American girl.
0: Oh, you got the Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's like a, I can't twerk. But like, well, maybe that's my age, isn't it? Like, I'm in my 30s, like I was over the hill of like the twerking time. Maybe I just haven't given it enough, enough of a shot. Okay, that's, yeah, that's good feedback. Yeah, I just need to try harder. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. my> gosh, <laughs> I don't need
1: to, if <laughs> any video footage, if you've got anything, shoot it our way.
2: How low oh, can you get? Like, yeah. Like- oh, pretty low. Like I'm talking like, so I was, you know, like my clubbing days were when it was like, um, like, uh, Dirty by Christina Aguilera.
1: Second question, is: describe yourself in three words.
2: Um, oh, that's hard. Um, happy, loving, driven.
0: Yes. Nice. Very good. Yep. Now, Liz, if life is a game, what is the number one rule? Have fun. Oh
1: yeah, Yeah. I like that, I like that. Uh, And what is the best piece of advice that you've been given in the last year?
2: Don't care what other people think. (laughs) Just do it. Yeah, Yeah. and so this is a big thing about like, yeah, a little background of that is like, starting something new and caring about what people who used to think that they knew you at one point in your life, like caring about what they're gonna think. It's like we evolve, right? So. Awesome. Yeah,
0: like we're constantly changing people out there saying I don't care what people think because we do. We're always going to care. But there's a reason that you said that it's because you're worrying about what they're yep. thinking when you started something new. Awesome. Um, last Yeah, question definitely. So well, so far. Good on you. Um, What are you reading all <laughs> this right
2: now? Oh, so I just started a book called Ego is the Ego is the Enemy um yeah all about ego it's really really interesting so I just started reading that and it kind of like goes against everything that we've been taught in a way like we've always been taught just think that you're amazing and you'll do it but really like that can trip you up sometimes they thinking you're too good and things like that I'm not too far through it and then listening to um what is it? Uh, oh, I, I always have one I... book that I'm reading and then And listening to yeah, women, white and well, the the spill podcast, obviously every day, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) so good. Mm. Uh, That
1: sounds great. Okay, so um, what was the book called again? Ego is the enemy. Ego is um. Ego is the
2: yeah. It's quite good. Yeah, it's like kind of gives things a little bit of different of like a different perspective on life. Mm.
1: Perfect. Thanks for the book recommendation. Okay, Okay, let's get into it um we're talking all things health and we're talking about i mean i know you're going to go into a few key things for the ladies to be able to you know really take stock and have a look at and take some action behind but it's just it's such a foundational pillar in in our life like if it doesn't work nothing works if it works better everything works better for you, Liz, I know now and getting into your 30s, this has become a real passion of yours. Like this is the path that you're taking yeah. as well as just launching and creating Bear Thrills, a business. So you got a lot on your plate right now. But I just want to know a little bit more about your journey with health. Like considering you're going down that path now, I shouldn't say like now as in like you're 60, 70 years old, but something, <laughs> so, well, tell us about it. Did something happen? Did you have a realisation with your health? um what was the moment where you're like hey this is important something needs to change or I need to learn something and then obviously the passion grabbed onto you
2: yeah so being in my 30s definitely not 60s or 70s but you start to feel everything in your 30s that's for sure <laughs> you can't get away with the life you used to have <laughs> you feel everything but anyway um so yeah the events that kind of led me to where I am now kind of mostly started it in 2015 so what's that seven years ago um, so I was married at the time that relationship is no longer and I think I was about 26 and I fell pregnant this was a planned pregnancy um, and I kind of knew something was wrong from the beginning like you just know don't you like there's just you know your body so well but I was a little bit in denial and that was even when I was in the most excruciating pain um, really, really bad. I It turned out to be an ectopic pregnancy. Um, I was rushed to hospital, uh, rushed to emergency. And um, unfortunately I had to have my right fallopian tube removed because um, unfortunately that's where the baby was growing. So that turned out to be the beginning of the end of my marriage. <laughs> and within less than a year, I'd lost the pregnancy. I'd My marriage was done and basically any life that I had known for the past eight years was like up in flames. Um, So over the couple of years that followed, I got really fit, like, hello, revenge body. Um, But so I looked really, really healthy on the outside, but I was actually really unhealthy. So I was definitely overtraining. I was using alcohol for emotional support, as you do. Um, well not everybody but <laughs> it's hard um, and as a result of all of that stress of you know not dealing with the maybe the um, loss of a pregnancy in the right way divorce fall, divorce life falling apart um, also I thought at the time you know my I felt it wasn't a falling apart at the time but that was my perspective at that time um, I actually developed psoriasis so psoriasis is an autoimmune condition where your skin cells cells start to grow too rapidly. um, And that results in like uh, red spots, like all over your body that, and those red spots can become like really flaky and even scaly in some people. Um, I've done a lot of research into it. Um, So basically my stress and my really poor lifestyle at the time, um, like unlocked that gene in my body. And before I really knew what was going on, my body was just covered in like red spots, like everywhere except for my face, like it was even like through my hair. Um so first one of call, you go to a doctor, right? And they referred me to a dermatologist. And that kind of began a like a big series of symptom treatment, symptomatic treatment. So I was given steroid creams that I would just cover my body in um, anyone that's you know dealt with steroid treatment a lot, like it kind of had some has some pretty shitty um, effects after effects long-term effects so I was giving like a barrage of steroid creams like tar ointments I was doing UVB therapy all of these things to cover up the symptoms right the works so and it was doing that it would reduce the symptoms but then I'd have a big bout of stress because I was still going through a divorce Uh, if I got lazy with the creams if I you know had like a bit of a big weekend it would all just come back because you were just dealing with the symptoms um, and obviously having psoriasis too, like I was newly single, uh, my body was covered in spots. So I was getting more stressed about that as well. <laughs> so yeah, really great for the self-esteem. Um, so that's where I got the shifts and I just started doing my own research because I was like, this isn't working, this isn't happening. Um, so that's when I started to really learn the link between, um, your skin and stress and gut health. So this, you know, it's quite big now, but back then it was still kind of emerging. Uh, so I started seeing a naturopath and um, started healing from the inside out, actually treating the cause of my psoriasis, which was stress, poor lifestyle, and actually um, chronic fatigue at the time. Uh, so it's been five years and I, since I developed psoriasis, and I've pretty much kept it at bay. I think I've had one spot every now and then, uh, which is nothing. Um, and that's what really fueled my love of health and wellness because I am an example of being able to take control of my own health um, through, you know, diet and lifestyle, and pretty much, and keeping an autoimmune condition that will never go away um, at bay. So that's really, really empowering. So in my 30th year of life, I decided to formally start studying um, through um, studying health through a Bachelor of Health Science. So I'm majoring in natu- in naturopathy, so the end goal will be one day to be a qualified naturopath. Yeah. That's amazing. it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, thing, um, thank you for sharing mm. that story as well and, and also mm. your personal mm. life and that it's – shit mm. happens, doesn't it? And I think just listening to you, yep. it's like what I just wrote down That is, our body is always talking to us and your body was feeling yes. just everything yep. that you were through the circumstances, the emotions, the pressure, the stress, and and we're all going through different things at, at different times at different levels, of course. But it is tuning mm-hmm. in because we know our bodies so well, and if we don't, we need to get to know it yeah. very well because it is always talking to us. And I just love that you've kind of made this breakdown yeah. moment of your life has mm-hmm. now become this opportunity path for you, which I think is really cool because. Yeah listening in as well like so many of us can think our breakdown moment is our failure or it's what's wrong with us or it's why we're always challenged or held back but for you it's now become your passion it's it's led onto something bigger and I know Mm. I know that you're passionate about getting this information out to men and women so they can operate
0: better and as in your words take control of our own health which is so important so I love that. really cool oh and there's I still even have butterflies listening to your story like and I know that there's three or four things in life that they say and it's divorce death and there's two other things I can't remember what they are that think it's like
2: a moving house or something yeah
0: it's it's but it's like when you experience one of them that's when a breakthrough happens and I'm sitting here going you two of them happened in the same year and yeah even like I'm sitting here going and if you're listening in, it's there are so many different avenues you could have gone down Mm -hmm. and sitting here Mm -hmm. and speaking to you now and when we go back and Nick asked you the rapid fire questions, resilience must come in because what you've been through, um, what you did with it Mm -hmm. and where you're going now at the age of thirty and Listen, there, it should not be in any age that we're doing anything, but the fact that you're restarting is so amazing. So once again, thank you for sharing. It was just, I'm so in awe of you right now with what you've been through and I can't wait to find out now. So with your experience and obviously your belief, you've already given us a little bit of your health getting prior and where you're about to go, but can you tell us what your, how health is, fun, is, is, is foundational to every area of life as Nick said at the start, if you don't have your health you've got nothing and everything touches everything so can you tell us a couple of those
2: definitely so and thank you for that that's actually yeah makes me feel really good thank you because it is has hasn't been easy but we go through the hard things to get to where we are now right um so there is a saying that um health is I think it's something like health is not merely the absence of illness or disease like that's not healthy so just because you aren't obese doesn't mean you're healthy. Just because you don't have diabetes or cardiovascular health uh, um, problems, that doesn't mean you're healthy. And for some reason, there's a culture um, of where we are now where we get by on the bare minimums that we need to survive. So we, you know, just do what we can every day to not get a, de- a cardiovascular disease or some form of debilitating, debil- oh my God, I can't say that word. Debilitative disease? Yeah. Debilitating yeah. disease, that's it. <laughs> I, I got there.
1: Debilitate.
2: Debilitating
1: disease.
2: Oh, we'll do it again. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> on fire. Um, yeah, so, you know, that doesn't mean that you're healthy. And, you know, we think that we just want to merely survive, but no, I want to thrive. And that's a big difference where we're, that's what we should be pushing on people. So back to the original question, um, health is foundational to everything that we do, um, especially in our working life and you know with our goals, because if we aren't healthy enough to live long enough to enjoy the fruits of all of our labors, and then what's the point? Um, so putting our health first is going to give us like the energy and the focus that we need to actually achieve our goals and get there faster. Um, and you know I've been that person that's been glued to my desk Skipping the gym, eating crappy food on the run, but the reality is your work is always there. You you know you want to feel your best to be able to do do it well, and I think that's why it's foundational to everything that we do, because if we don't have it, then there's no point in even you know working hard because you're not going to enjoy it.
1: Oh, absolutely! And even just listening to you say that, it's like I want to put you on repeat. Yeah. And and there needs to be some force behind it, as in we need to push beyond a bare minimum yeah. like we need to push the message right now that yeah. it's actually not okay to spend every day with half a tank yeah. of energy and it's actually not okay yeah. to get home and not be present with your kids because you're exhausted and you just you're grumpy and you've got nothing mm-hmm. and it's not okay to, to just be obese and go but you know what i love myself and you know well, as you should but mm-hmm. why take of yourself your life yeah. how much could you love yourself if if we're not okay to be in a healthy weight weight range like and so listening in just maybe make some notes and go you know what what's actually not okay with what what am I not okay with anymore like what am I feeling where it's like you know what it's not okay that I'm not creative it's not okay that I've got no energy after two o'clock a day it's not okay that like I'm oversleeping or that I'm using wine to calm me down and drown me out and coffee
0: to hype me up and it's also yes. not a okay case yes. to say, mummy's tired. Like that is just, that's not okay. Yeah. And I think this is such
1: a cool conversation, Liz. And maybe, I think Liz, you should put your list together of what Liz thinks isn't okay. Yes. Because they're hard conversations <laughs> to have. But it's a cool conversation to have because it's not saying that anything's wrong. It's saying, hold on, I'm worth more. My life is worth more. Mm-hmm. My body is more, my mind and my ideas and everything that I do is worth more than me giving it a half-ass effort. And if our health is half-ass, yeah, everything really is. Yeah. And so, just Definitely. yeah, just it is, and I'm going to do it myself as well because, of course, we all go through ups and downs and times where we're more on fire with health, times where we're holiday mode and all the rest of it. But but there needs to be if we can always have a higher base standard, it's always easier mm-hmm. to bounce when we maybe feel unwell or when something hits or when we do have that holiday mode. But why not, and that's what we're about, increase our standard of everything. So what if we all increase our baseline health? Just what difference that would make? Yeah, for sure.
2: And you know, like there's definitely like an expectation, like for some reason, there's a glorified culture of like, how are you? Oh, I'm flat out or, you know, run off my feet. Like, and we celebrate that. Like in, rather we should be celebrating. Um, I'm feeling really good, I'm doing a lot for myself. Like that it's just that's not the way it is.
1: Yeah, we nearly need that shift in language, yeah, as a culture too, don't we? Mm. Yeah.
2: So can Definitely, let's yeah.
1: I wanna dive into these three areas with the sleep, gut and hormones. So <laughs> these are foundational. We all know this, but I think you know a little bit more <laughs> than what we do. And I know Beck and I are excited. <laughs> Yeah, just to understand a little bit more behind these things. So can you dive into sleep for us? Like, really, what does it impact? Why is it important? What can we as women, men, all of us be doing to to kind of focus in mm-hmm. on that part of our health?
2: For sure. And the first thing that I'll say is over a third of adults are not getting enough sleep, just aren't. Um, so believe it or not, you need seven to nine hours sleep. and Most people can um, function maybe on, like I know that I can function on about seven, but I know that I need eight to feel really, really good. And you look at majority of people with their um, schedules, they're probably not getting that much. Like you probably can answer yourselves, especially, you know, as a mum, you're probably not getting all of, you know, that full eight hours of sleep or seven to nine hours of sleep. Um, And it's research has shown that anything under, probably about 6.5 hours and you're starting to feel effects of um like you're starting to see like emerging um conditions based on not getting enough sleep so that's when you're going to start seeing increased risks of um, diabetes cardiovascular disease uh weight gain um like a barrage of all different sorts of anxiety and stress (laughs) that all is impacted by your sleep so starting like definitely with mental health is a big one so research is starting to show like you know that there's a link between um sleep and mental health but now they're start um it's starting to look like where does is mental health actually caused by a lack of sleep Um, and this is a big thing with anxiety and um, mood disorders so and there's actually even a, a significant link between poor sleep and unfortunately suicide um, and there's research into maybe wondering you know where's the chicken and the egg in that as well so your ability to tolerate stress obviously plummets when you haven't had enough sleep so you're looking at, you your know, a simple stressor such as um where is my shirt that i wanted to wear today when you're not when you're when you've had enough sleep that's like a okay that's all right Um, I'll find another one. But if you haven't had enough sleep, where the fuck is that shirt that I want to wear today can become the biggest issue of your day. And, like, yeah, it's I'm like that and I know, like, that's a trigger for me is not being able to find things. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, short sleep is definitely associated with, what was that? Sorry.
0: What? You, when you just said that, I'm like, that's my husband and I'm probably guilty as well, but I am just i just thought it's because I was grumpy, but obviously I didn't have enough sleep and because I was <laughs> Yes,
2: definitely. So you're exceedingly more sensitive and reactive when you're sleep-deprived, and that can then, let, you know, it can amplify maybe either existing mood disorders or even contribute to mood disorders um lack of sleep is definitely a factor with weight gain and trying to lose weight so the less you sleep the more likely you will overeat and that is a fact so there's several contributing factors there one being um, the effect of sleep loss um what it has on your appetite hormones so um, um, there's two main appetite hormones um, ghrelin and leptin so leptin is your hormone in your body that kind of tells your body when you're full it decreases um it decreases secretions when you've had insufficient sleep so you're not secreting enough of this hormone that tells your body when you're full so that's why you're more likely to overeat when you're um when you're tired but to make that worse the hunger triggering hormone um ghrelin that is amplified so that one is like you know feed me feed me and then your hormone that's supposed to say hey i'm full that's um that's suppressed so you're gonna overeat and that's you know if you're doing that every day then that's going to slowly create weight gain over time and potentially leading to obesity so you're you know you i know people who will wake up or who will go to bed really late because they've worked or they've had all you know these things that they want to do in the evenings and they'll get up really really early and go to the gym and you know because they want to you're trying to hit the gym to you know that's usually weight loss as your goal you kind of um counterintuitive there so you're actually better off sleeping in later getting a full night's sleep and maybe just going for a walk you know yeah. just working with your body there yeah like get out at lunchtime and go for a walk or something like that rather than getting us up so early to smash yourself at the gym because it is counterintuitive um definitely with your heart health as well i will just touch on that one as well for your sleep um short sleep duration is associated with hypertension so high blood pressure and then that can lead to a lot of different um, diseases such as you know um, heart disease, um, cardiac failure and even stroke. You're just putting yourself more at risk and researchers have found that sleeping like for not sleeping long enough can increase hypertension by 20 percent compared to you know getting that recommended seven to nine hours sleep. So that may not be a big thing when you're in you know you're 20s 30s and 40s but um usually it's around your 40s and 50s and 60s and that can actually become a bit more of an issue
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: um so do you want me to keep going
1: oh, I, I yes <laughs> yes I just, I'm learning yeah. so much <laughs> I know I, I always used okay okay this is it's I love there's a few things like even how you said how we respond during the day. It's like if, if we are, we're waking up and we're sensitive and we, we can't handle situations, right? And then what's yeah. the effect of that? If we're not uh, responding, right, whether it's with business, whether it's with our family, whether it's with our loved one, like there's a ripple effect of these responses. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what we as a human, when we get up every day, are we operating at 7, 8, nine above or are we below yeah. that? And just the difference that that's mm-hmm. going to make in a world um for ourselves for sure. it's, yeah it's so important but i'm loving all of this and i i'm thinking there's some tips in there as well like so even i'm thinking for mm-hmm. myself cool like if you know you've got that early day just setting the alarm just working out exactly where your uh seven to nine hours is going to come from and even i think i know i can beat up on myself sometimes i'm like i've got to get up i need to exercise right because I, I i know mm-hmm. how that makes good obviously it's triggered like trained into me that move your body move your body but sometimes the other option is more healthy for you sometimes the rest Mm -hmm. is better all the time the rest is better right um so just taking those things on rather than pushing yourself over the limit which isn't actually giving your body the return that it needs um is super (laughs) important. is there more that you want to share on on sleep or do we want to dive into the next important area
2: i think just a little bit on maybe getting like ensuring that you're getting enough sleep like ways that you can do that potentially so um i'll I'll touch on the circadian rhythm just quickly so your um it's a 24 hour clock is pretty much an approximately 24 hour clock and that your circadian rhythm resets each day while you're sleeping so that's your body's clock your body clock's a chance to like reset um so it gets its triggers by your eyes, like through light. So that's actually what's regulating it. So ensuring that you get enough daylight, you know, sunlight during the day, and then making sure that you're switching off all of your, this is a hard one for most people, electronic devices, and turning your lights down lower at night, because it's actually tricking your brain into thinking that you're, you know, you're still going, rearing to go. Um, And that's what really can keep people up at night, or not being able to fall asleep, you know, fast enough. So with your circadian rhythm, your energy levels are rising and falling throughout a 24 hour period. And using your circadian rhythm is a really good way to try and amplify your energy levels and, you know, um, regulate your sleep a lot better. For example, like there's certain things that throughout the day, um, your body can do better. Uh, so like your highest alertness will usually be at around 10 o'clock. So use, schedule your hardest tasks for, you know, in the morning around that time, um, your, um, melatonin like starts to kind of, um, secrete to help you, you know, sleep better at around nine o'clock. So that's around the time that you want to be turning the lights down and maybe doing the last stuff on your phone or maybe finishing off your TV show, whatever you do at night and start getting ready for sleep around that time. If you go past that time, if you're still working into the night, you kind of go over the hill and you pass that so it's usually if you're going to bed around 10:30 or 11 o'clock at night you're probably going to get in bed and not feel tired anymore and that's something that I've definitely found um, and a lot of people experience it because you you haven't used your melatonin at that peak time to start settling down uh, so I yeah that's actually something that's really really helped me um, and also eating so having a big meal in the evenings, if you're having something, you know, around within two to three hours of going to sleep, your body's still digesting and it's still working and that's going to be keeping you awake for a little bit longer as well. So eating within, no, like not within two to three hours of going to sleep is going to set you up for a better night's sleep as well so that you can wake up in the morning and then, you know, feel nice, light, not as heavy as what you may have is if you have eaten, you know, pretty close to bed, bedtime. Yeah. great tips. oh and have a sleep schedule have a sleep schedule so have a setting set an alarm um at night to you know kind of say all right this is time to start settling down so because otherwise you might just keep on working 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 so have two alarms one to start settling down for the night and then one to wake you up in the morning i love
1: that i love that too yeah. Yeah. especially the nighttime one because i'm like yeah the morning one is we'll yeah. that Yeah, but it's such a great point because you just. <laughs> easily be like a little bit more
0: yeah or one more episode or as you just said yeah. I'm not that tired because and I'm yeah. loving this for my husband I at one stage we would make sure our phones were outside so then when we laid in bed it was either mm-hmm. you know reading a book or actually having a conversation and doing whatever else we need to do yeah but such a big thing because I know that when he lays there on his phone and he says I'm not tired and then I'm like now I'm the melatonin yeah. and that's just not even allowing him to want to go to sleep it's Mm-hmm. Such great tips. So thank you so much. You're going to help my marriage in one little area. I really appreciate that. <laughs> thank you to Liz. Um, let's talk about gut health. So you, I know you've already touched on um, with sleep and your mental health, but also gut health plays, mental mental health plays a massive role with gut health as well. So can you tell us how gut health, how it underpins and drives our physical and mental health and some how-tos?
2: Mm-hmm definitely so um, anyone that's done a little bit of research into gut health it's pretty well known now but I'll go over the basics so your gut is home to trillions trillions and trillions of microorganisms so they form like a little community known as your gut microbiota so these microorganisms are mostly made up of bacteria but you might also have like viruses fungi parasites present depending on how good your gut is at the time Um, and the vast range of these microorganisms are collectively known as your microbiome so you'll hear those terms that are used interchangeably like uh, microbiota microbiome but they're kind of all talking about the same thing so your microbiome can really be either your best friend or your worst friend depending on how you treat it and just like pretty much anything in life it's, it needs balance you know it, it needs harmony to thrive i like um I read a book where he, um, he used a, like the analogy of the Amazon, you know, it's full of all of these, you know, thousands of micro uh, thousands of organisms and it needs harmony to thrive. And I like that. I like thinking of my gut as the Amazon, you know, (laughs) I don't know why. Um, So that disharmony can create So if you have disharmony in your gut, that's when um, you can get dysbiosis. So this is like a really, really damaging state and that's responsible for a lot of different health conditions. So you've got metabolic conditions, it can lead to diabetes, it can contribute to liver problems, um, immune function. So my autoimmune disease, right? My psoriasis um, was likely contributed to by my, um, by my microbiome at the time, um, but it can also lead to um, contribute to mental conditions as well. So that is via the gut brain access. Um, or the gut-brain connection. might have A lot of people may have heard of that. So a healthy brain essentially starts with your gut. So they may seem like very separate organs, your gut and your brain, but they are actually in constant communication with each other um, by the vagus nerve. They're constantly talking. So this relationship is the gut-brain axis. And I guess like all relationships, that relationship can get really dysfunctional, again, by how you treat it. <laughs> Um and so that explains why stress can wreak havoc on your gut. You know, if you're feeling stressed, you might not go to the toilet as mo- often or you might go more often. Um and that's actually why digestive problems can actually affect your mental health. So believe it or not, 90% of serotonin is actually produced in your gut. That is where it originates and then it travels to your brain. And 50% of dopamine is um uh, is created in your gut as well so there's your happy hormones right there if you're having a dysfunctional if you've got a dysfunctional gut if you've got dysbiosis that could be severely affecting your ability to feel you know those good emotions because you're not creating those neurotransmitters so in a way gut micro gut micro microbes um, produce the neurotransmitters and hormones which have control over your mood um, over your energy your motivation and that's where your mental health can really be affected. So, if you damage or impair impair your gut ma- your back, gut bacteria, you can damage um, your serotonin and hormone balances, which leads leads to your changes in your mood. So, perfect example of that is um, irritable bowel system uh, system syndrome. Um, so, around 50, I think it's about almost 100%, like so, it's like almost 90% of um, IBS sufferers actually um experience like anxiety and depression like all those sorts of symptoms um which can actually be exacerbated by daily stress so that's quite you know that's quite scary but fortunately now we've got that kind of research that can help you know so it's not that you're depressed it's actually your gut is actually really really in um, disharmony and so now ibs is actually being considered a gut brain disorder rather than just um, just a digestive disorder. And that's a really, really good step in the right direction.
0: Hey Liz, can I just ask, cause I'm wanting to know for myself and if you're listening in, how do we know if we've actually got a gut problem? So I know that there's a lot you should poo once a day. Let's just say it like that. That should be normal. Like how- Not just once,
2: Or maybe twice.
0: But how do yeah. they need to take more, um, more, and they need to have more awareness around that there is actually a, a gut issue. Do they take a test? Are they go and take some tablets from the chemist. What can they do? <laughs> so
2: there's a few different ways, and really just looking. A lot of the time, people don't know what it is to feel good, right? So you may just be living your life constantly thinking, "Oh, this is normal," but normal doesn't necessarily mean right, you know. So um, if you're experiencing, like, there's a lot of telltale signs. So if you're experiencing constant bloating if you're um you're not if everything you eat doesn't sit well if you aren't going if you're going days without going to the toilet if you know I go and I'm proud of this I'm a two to three times kind of gal and it's oh, great
1: please. I feel
2: have... yeah high
0: five,
2: <laughs> yeah, <high five. laughs> yeah it's good um yeah proud of it so if you're, yeah, so if you're uh, suffering like constipation a lot often, um, if you're the opposite, if everything you eat is just falling, going straight through you, um, yeah, it's a, probably a good indication that you might have to get that checked. And there's a different, few different ways. Like I wouldn't recommend just going and getting a supplement straight away because you ne- might not necessarily be figuring out a problem. Um, there are a few tests. There's a lot of affordable tests you can do now through, um uh, like gastroenterologists, like or even go with, like a naturopath. There we go, little plug for my future role one day. Um, through a naturopath, you can do um, kind of uh, stool sort of tests, and and that actually you you do send you send you send your stool away. All right, you get a little sample of it. It's not a fun process, but <laughs> you do it, and that from that you can get. Um, I can't remember what the test is called, but um, you can get a massive printout of. The gut bacteria a snapshot of what your gut looks like at that time based on you know what the sample of is in your stool so that can show if you've got dysbiosis it can show if you've got certain parasites um, overgrowth of certain bacteria so if you are concerned i would definitely go see a professional so someone like a naturopath would be a good place to start and yeah you know potentially even your doctor if you're worried about it then i would also yeah Definitely go see a professional of some sort. Yeah.
1: yeah, great advice. It's just I find it so interesting, and I love that mm-hmm. they've got that research coming out now, connecting, mm-hmm. connecting it, saying it affects our <laughs> mental quality as well and our mental state. Because I yeah. guess I, as you were saying it, I was thinking about all the people who are thinking that they're just they're depressed or the anxiety is there or something's yeah. wrong with them, but not pinpointing the real. Problem, yeah. Um, and finding out the solution, yeah. It just it just yeah. underpins everything, doesn't it? It's just so important to mm-hmm. to look deeper and to understand our mm-hmm. body, and to know that there could be more to the story. Yeah. But I love, I, I think it's it is important because we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. Like you said, like we mm-hmm. might think that we're healthy, or we think that this feeling is normal, or that feeling is normal. But um, what if yeah? What if you don't know how good you're meant to feel? It's just like a whole mm-hmm. different world
2: yeah and I actually feel like that was the whole of my 20s like I thought I was a really healthy person but I actually feel better now in my 30s and what I did you know for like yeah my whole 20s and that's just from from doing really focusing on what my body needs and what I'm learning that it needs as well like you don't know what you don't know like we said earlier but back to also what um yeah if you're you're worried or you want to try and um improve your gut health you don't necessarily have to go do a stool sample or anything like that like you can actually start working on your gut health now and seeing if that makes a difference so you actually you are what you eat and the foods that you eat are directly feeding your gut microbes or like either good or bad so um, if you have a diet that's very high in um, I guess saturated fats very high in um, really, really high, and maybe not so good proteins. Um, you're feeding those bad bacteria that like to feed on that. In the, you know, if you flip it, you can also feed your good gut bacteria. And you want to feed, you want them to be the good guys. You want them to be the ones that are, um, I guess, like outnumbering the bad ones. That's like that's the ideal scenario. So, have you 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 would you guys would know the more sugar you eat, the more you crave it. So you're actually feeding those sugar-loving microbes. And, you know, that's why when you, um, so like, yeah, so those ones will start to proliferate and they'll rapidly grow and grow because we're feeding them. And so it's just like, yeah, we love sugar. At the same time, you can um, do that with the good guys as well or with the ones that you want to crave healthy foods. Like how good would it be to eat to crave healthy food? Easy way to do that is to eat more healthy food. And by health, sorry, I'm not talking about like healthy and unhealthy foods. I know sometimes it's not good to label foods that way. I'm talking, yeah, but eating whole foods, you know, fresh whole foods. So yeah, you can train your gut to crave those sorts of foods. You know, like, just like, if you go on a holiday, um, you might go for like a couple of weeks and then you're just really craving your, one your home meals, your home cooked meals. Just, you know, that's why, because your gut microbes are like, hey, I kind of want to do, I just want what, what's normal or what, you know, what makes me feel good. So yeah, similar in that way. Um, So the best way to create a balanced and happy gut is to increase microbial diversity of your gut. So you want to have, you don't want to have just one type of microbe in there. There's, you know, there's trillions of different types, but you want to have, you know, you want to have a lot of different variety of good guys so that if you get like a bad guy come along, you can say, Hey. All of these guys can gang up on them basically of the good ones. You wanna yeah. Sorry, nobody else can see my hands that I'm doing. I just realised I'm like I just realised I'm really like showing trying to show this with my hands and no one's gonna realise that. <laughs> um, yeah. If they, if anyone wants to reach out, I can like I can send them a reel of doing this or something. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, So, yeah, the key to, yeah, so the key is microbial diversity. That's what you want to do. And the best way to have a large, wider diversity in your gut is to eat a wider variety of foods. So your gut bugs mostly proliferate on um, uh, undigestible fibre. And that fibre, or prebiotic fibre, you've probably heard of prebiotics before. Um, So prebiotic fibre is what's found in plants. It's the undigestible fibre that's found in plants. And the way I like to think of it is they act like a bit of like a little scrubbing brush in your digestive system. So as they move through your digestive system, through like the, um, the light small intestine, large intestine, they're essentially just like scrubbing along the way, cleaning everything out. And it, that's what helps you, you know, like reset. That's what helps you make you regular, uh, go to the toilet every day. It makes you feel a lot better if you're not eating a lot of plants, you know, a lot of vegetables and fruits, you've probably got a bit of a um, buildup of all of, you know, that stuff in your digestive system that's not being cleared out. And that's what can start to cause um, inflammation, bloating, and then add to all of those, um, those potential health problems that I've said before. So the more different types of um, vegetables and fruits that you eat the higher the microbial diversity of your gut pretty much in a nutshell um, so yeah really aiming to try and eat as many different types of fruit and vegetables a day is the best way to kind of fortify your gut And it doesn't have to just be like fruits and vegetables like any plant foods like you know nuts and seeds um like chia seeds like putting a whole bunch of different types of like toppings on your foods um having fermented foods like sauerkraut kimchi um like kombucha yogurt if you eat um dairy um, yeah really trying to have like a whole bunch of different types of foods because i think we all most of us um kind of came through the time where you did like a lot of meat and three veg you know growing up <laughs> and i remember in my 20s i'm go to the shops and, you know, thinking I was really, really healthy and I'd grab the same four vegetables every single time. I grabbed my lettuce, you know, my broccoli and maybe like a tomato and a carrot. And that was me. I was like, oh god, I am so healthy. Really. I was like completely limiting my ability to, you know, really, um, like improve my gut health. Like it was just stagnant. It wasn't improving. So yeah, trying to have a whole bunch of different types of vegetables is actually, um a really good way to build that gut um resilience
1: yeah liz such great tips and what i love is it's all doable yeah like we can go out today and make these two mm. changes right now yeah. and just add one or two things at <clears> a time, <throat> a time that, that you're sharing i just love that now i have a question though so if you eat a meat and cheese dinner every day <laughs> <laughs> grapes <laughs> i drink grapes yeah <laughs> no. Yeah, we're, getting, yeah, we're, getting, we're getting it all in because i love that it's yeah. like take nothing off the table everything in moderation
2: yes. I love yeah that. It's a, it's exactly yeah. 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 yeah and we people focus too much on yeah try to take tell you what you can't have let's focus on what you can have you can have all the yeah. vegetables and nice. all of the different types of foods just yeah don't eat just, yeah, stop telling us what we can't have. <laughs> it's really restricting. That's my favorite point for the whole. I think world.
1: so. I feel like that's going to be when you launch your business. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but maybe that's your tagline. Stop telling us what we can't have. Yes. Um, I'll tell you yeah. It is? <laughs> yeah. Five, five bucks for that. <laughs> so, Liz, let's talk about big H hormones mm. and all got those going on mm. uh, and I, yes. I would love to hear from you just with obviously having it, working with our cycle rather than against mm. it. Talk to us about this, this whole subject because I think a lot of women, even myself, I don't know enough and I really should. Um, so can you mm-hmm. talk to us about hormones and, and really how we can help work with our cycle?
2: Yes. And the reality is that our hormones are changing all throughout the month. You know, it's not, it's not just one, like, you know, balanced, you can't remain balanced because your hormones aren't balanced. They're constantly fluctuating. And I think to, you know, we can get hard down on ourselves because we think, oh, I'm being hormonal. I'm being reactive. It's like, yeah, because your hormones are actually going up and down all the time. And so actually working with them, and I I think first acknowledging the fact that they do affect your mood, they do affect your energy levels, they do affect your sleep is a really good place to start and having that little bit of, um, I guess, um, understanding of yourself and uh, be a little bit kinder to yourself when you aren't feeling good. Yeah. So uh, pretty much the main culprit when you are not feeling great during your cycle is uh, progesterone. So that starts to rise after you ovulate. And during the last um, 12 to 14 days of your cycle, that's usually your PMS time. Um, that's when you're like feeling, you know, irritated, tired, definitely hungrier. And so that's that's usually the main culprit. Um, so yeah, day one of your cycle begins um, on the day that your period starts. So that's D-day, bleed day, if you will. So your estrogen levels spike and then they rapidly decline along with progesterone. So on the days leading up to your period, that's your luteal phase. That's when you're going to get your telltale signs of, uh, you know, that your period is coming. And 90% of people who menstruate um, do suffer PMS. It's very, very normal. um, You know, varying in um, um, how, like how bad it is for some people. Some people don't really get that many symptoms, but some people get, really bad so for example yeah today I came home because my period cramps were fucking killing me <laughs> and um yeah I just didn't want to be in the workplace and yeah I was able to do some things at home so that was you know a bit of a lux- a, a flexibility that I was able to have today so when your estrogen um, increases so your estrogen increases like the production of neurotransmitters um that we're talking before so like your serotonin and your um, dopamine and endorphins, and so if every single month your estrogen is plummeting, that's going to lead to those changes in your mood, sleep, and appetite. So no wonder why, yeah, you don't feel balanced. Um, sorry, i was going? I kind of went on a bit of a tangent there. No, no and Liz, awesome. I
0: love, I love earlier how you taught us when you came home, you had the hot water bottle placed on you, you had a herbal tea, so. While you're getting to where you're going, is there any other little tips and hacks that you do that just makes makes things instantly a small a bit better for you as a woman that you can do straight away?
2: Yes. So definitely optimizing your nutrition, and that can be really hard because you wanna you wanna grab the comfort food, right? You want the, you want all the carbs, but that's because your body is craving energy. You're tired, so. Rest, you know, don't go out and do, oh, this is a big thing, right? Plan your life around your cycle. So when you, on the week that you're going to get your period or you're leading up to it or something, don't plan all of the big life events that you've been wanting to do for a really long time. Don't have that massive meeting that could maybe wait a week. Um, Maybe not um, go through, plan something that's, you know, really, really stressful or, Something that's going to need a lot of brain power, don't go horse riding. I don't know whatever you would usually the things that you probably like going to hurt you a little, <laughs> hurt you a little bit more. So yeah. um, that's your luteal, yeah, your luteal stage, your luteal phase. So um, yeah, you don't really want to be um, going all out. On the same token, um, your follicular, uh, follicular. I always struggle to say that word. Your follicular stage. That's when you're feeling the most energised. So that's your mid you know, your mid cycle, that's when you should be planning all of your really, you know, hard tasks. It's usually when you're feeling your best, you've got a bit more enthusiasm, creativity. Um, That might be the stage to tackle some big task that you've been wanting to do for a while. I know personally, that's when I, and I've realized this, that's when I get my blogs written is during that phase. So it's, um, you know, it's just when I feel a little bit better and I'm starting, I use um, uh, an app to track my period. So, you know, that's helped a lot for me and that's actually a really good thing to do is to track your periods um don't rely on it too heavily because you're like one day out and you're like oh my god I must be pregnant and then you remember that you're in a lesbian relationship but you know everybody does it like
0: <laughs> I was just about to ask you but I'll maybe we don't we don't want women to go on, on there and like follow it to the T but it's it's probably yeah I know you've got so much more to say but I'm sitting here going as a woman we are fucking <laughs> incredible because i did not know those three stages i knew about them but not to the extent of knowing like you're in a creative stage in this stage of your cycle and mm. sometimes it's like, oh, i'll just go and take some panadol and i'll lay down for a minute and it'll go away holy shit! no there is so much to this
2: mm-hmm. yeah it really is and unfortunately you really just have to when it, when you do have your period like a lot of it is just writing it out the, you know, for the most part, because when what's happening is you're, you've got all like your inflammatory, um, they call it prostaglandins that's actually what's creating all of that pain and cramping. And yeah, so, um, you know, like something like um, Patadol can actually help, but the pain is there. You just kind of have to, like a lot of the time you just have to ride it out. There's a few things that you can do. Definitely um, getting sleep. So sleep is anti-inflammatory. So if you are getting enough sleep, then you're going to be able to give your body the best chance that it can have to tackle whatever's going to come the next day, which you know, if that's your period cramping, then you're going to be able to be better equipped to actually get through that pain a lot better because yeah, lack of sleep is inflammatory and that's can, you know, it's going to potentially amplify an already shitty situation. Some exercise is good, like um, some, you know, you can definitely change your exercise routine over your cycle, but um, specifically um, aerobic exercise is usually better when you're um, leading up to or on your period. And it could just even be a brisk walk. You know, today I just walked. Um, I had like a big session planned. I think I was going to go do like some weights or something, but I listened to my body and it just would have been not a good time. And I don't know. Has anyone tried to do squats with a tampon in? It's like, it's touch and go. (laughs) So, so yeah, just stick to the cardio. (laughs) But but taking your exercise outdoors, oh, that's one of the best things that you can do because you're getting those mood enhancing benefits of getting some sunlight, some fresh air. highly recommend that. And just, yeah, definitely taking like slow um so yeah yeah nutrition you're, you're craving carbohydrates but what you can do if you're well prepared which not all of us are sometimes is plan ahead so plan so we usually make um definitely we will usually make like some nice pastas over that week um or you know some heavier stir fries uh, so we'll kind of like plan our meals during you know for that time because you are craving yeah more carbohydrates. So give your body carbohydrates at what it's what it needs. It, but you know just choose maybe yeah whole foods carbohydrates. So um, focusing on protein as well at every meal. So whether you eat meat or not. Um, making sure that you're including lots of, you know, tofu, beans, legumes all throughout the day. To- um, protein at every meal is going to give your body the best chance for um, sustained energy throughout yep. the day and There's iron. Quite- so people talk.
0: Sorry, you I wonder, if we've got a listener listening in um, and they crave chocolate during their period, is it okay to have some chocolate mm. for the whole week?
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my PMS um, lasts four weeks. So, I see. I'm a big believer of if you're if you're really craving something, you know, during your period, like give it what it needs. But maybe if you want, if you are, if you do have certain health goals, yeah, because it's everything in moderation. But if you uh, maybe have a health condition or you have a particular health goal of losing a lot of weight. and you're worried about the sugar and the fat content um maybe just you know go for a, um, a darker chocolate you or have maybe some bliss balls or something like i'm um, protein balls on hand for that time um but yeah i i have the chocolate i go for it because <laughs> it's what i'm craving <laughs> because but you know because I'm not, I'm not restricting myself so if i don't yeah if i don't restrict myself um, when I want something, I'm usually it's usually less likely to result in some kind of you know binge later, you know it's like little drips and drubs, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So um, iron, focusing on your iron because you, you know the reality is you're um, you're losing like a lot of um, iron during over your period, so that's the time to increase your nutritional intake of iron, um, and a lot of women are deficient in iron especially older women because um, as you age, you know, your ability to um, uh, absorb and retain, that gets harder. So that's where just really eating it throughout the day is your best shot. So iron-rich foods like the leafy greens, spinach, sylvie, lettuce, um, tofu, grains, beans and lentils are all really great sources. But if you're going to be eating iron-rich foods, you need to be able to absorb it and retain it. And the way you do that is with vitamin C. So vitamin C is what helps you actually retain it. Um, So having, you know, maybe either taking a supplement if you want, but there are so many vitamin C rich foods that you can be eating with your iron rich foods. So squeeze lemon juice over the top of your salad or have some um, capsicums all through your salad. Kiwi fruit. Kiwi fruit's actually higher in vitamin C than oranges. So having that with your breakfast or having a kiwi fruit at, um, after lunch or something like that. And if you're still not con- if you're still concerned about your iron intake, definitely see like your GP or your you know, doctor about getting a good supplement if that's something you need. And hydrate. Hydrating for when you have your period is like it's one of the throwaway things like oh yeah drink this much water but it's a lot of the time when you're feeling tired on your period or tired at any time for that matter it's probably cuz you're dehydrated you know if you're starting to feel like you need to drink if you're st- if you're feeling thirsty um, you're usually already dehydrated so yeah maximizing that when you're on your period is the it's probably the best advice that I could give anyone is drinking water throughout the day and double up on that vitamin C and put like a couple of pieces of lemon or, you know, slices of orange in your water and you're, yeah, amplifying all the good stuff. So drink up.
1: Like awesome tips. And all I'm thinking is, and I know this is for me, and so hopefully if you're listening in, it's like if you know why to do something, you do it. So just hearing that, like putting the lemon on yourself, Little things in our life, but now we get there's just more mm. of a reason. It's so like I can't understand why to to do this, and I, I'm really digging. Like this month, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in more to my cycle because I'm sure mm. we all have that. Like, no, and I'm mid, so it's the creative zone now. Yeah. It's no, it's no. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing like recordings. We're doing creative stuff. We're crowd- coming up with new like, ideas. Yeah. It's you know, and and tune into that, and just work with our bodies, not fight them. Mm and push or or force them but obviously help them so they've got the ability to work better than we even know um but i love the Mm -hmm. giving yourself grace when you know your cycle you know when you give yourself grace and i know those days where i think sometimes it's like oh it's not enough like come on like show up but it's like no i just need to put myself out of the game for a couple of days because my Mm -hmm. body's not there my energy's not there and so i'll do more of the downtime stuff the stuff that just doesn't take a lot of my life force and a lot of energy or creativity it's like okay cool that stuff can be scheduled for them and how empowering to be able mm-hmm. to right. plan it yeah work with a schedule and, and use it yeah use it. use it it's powerful it's a force yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah and women are women are amazing like I think I love being a woman like I it's like I think it's fantastic and for too long it's been a stigma or there's been, you know, I think the workforce definitely isn't designed, or the way, you know, the way workforce isn't designed for women because it never was. And I, I like that we're kind of moving in that direction. And you can check, use, yeah, you can work in alignment with your cycle. And I, I think that it's just knowledge is power, right? The more you know about yourself, the more you can make those um, decisions. Absolutely. I, I feel like after.
0: Watch or listen to this recording. Like we could make a little thrive journal, like how to thrive as a woman just with a few little changes. It's I'm so excited to go and my alarm tonight is the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to set my alarm to go to sleep. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for these tips.
1: Yeah, amazing, Liz. And, And tell all the ladies where can they connect with you, where can they find you, and follow you.
2: Yes, so definitely easiest to connect with me is on my Instagram, so at Liz Hudson Health. Um, but I also have um, a link in there uh, to my blog, which is um, www.thevitalityfolk.com. Um, so that's where I'm really, that's my creative outlet. That's where I'm really putting what I'm learning into a really easy way to um, for people to understand. And it's also things that I'm interested in, so sleep, gut health. Um, I... There is so much information out there that's not necessarily easily accessible to everybody. So that's my goal with that.
1: Amazing. And thank you for doing that. Yes. We appreciate it. We can't wait to tune into it and share it with the ladies as well. So Liz, thank you for spending your time with us and just giving us so much value and tips and I can't wait to dive into it myself. We appreciate it. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with others. Until next time, drink the wine, have a laugh, learn the thing, do the thing and be the woman you know you are. Make sure to stay connected and let's keep the conversations going. Cheers.